It's time to chat some bollocks about fanny tits and bum. No topic is off limit for these potty mouth found mums. So tell us all your secrets, we like to share the truth. About saggy tits and anal warts and ice cubes up your hoof. No, no. holes barred. Alright, bubs. Hello! Oh, I've just oh. called I just called you your brother. I know that's yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Bubs, Bubs. is a word I use. It's a it's a term or a nickname that I think that is actually used quite commonly. Yeah. Um but I'll tell you the reason that my brother is called Bubs, uh, actually, actually, actually. So my mum was pretty much like fucking Mary Poppins as a mother. Um I like her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean honestly. What went how- wrong, mate? Just everything, didn't it? Everything went wrong, I think. So she breastfed all of us until we were about five or some shit. Um, and uh, when she was breastfeeding my brother, I would have been two and a half. So, you know, my speech wasn't fantastic. And he used to blow milk bubbles around her tits as he drank the milk. It was his favourite thing to do. So he was called Bubbles. That was his nickname. Much like Michael Jackson's monkey, strangely. <laughs> No I wonder if Michael there. Jackson's monkey ever blew milk bubbles around Michael Jackson's nipple. I'm going to say 100% he did. He was blowing bubbles around something. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't say bubbles. So I just used to say babsh and bub stuck. And that is what my brother is known as to the family. So your his- your brother's nickname is due to his sort of yeah. mum's lactating tit in his mouth. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Look it out. Oh, no. Mate, I thought I had issues. Welcome to the Eames family. <laughs> wow. I know. How did wow. we end up there? But yeah, I can't. You know, it's so his name's Alex. And um, I can't. I, I, he's not Alex to me. No. I can't. I don't. If I say his name, he's, I mean, because my mum and dad, even though they come from like really working class background, they gave us all really posh names. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, you say all this about your mum and dad, but they didn't stay working no class. because they were like rejected their social class and climbed the um they climbed the social, social ladder social so stuff. i would say yeah. that you you are not working class oh not at all no i've been no. raised very middle class but um, you are very middle class i mean you know we were having hummus so i mean <laughs> fucking like five in the 80s how was that even a thing in the 80s it's insane <laughs> you know what? rob always says that as well because our kids are so like so fucking middle class edith yeah. loves black olives her favorite snack is smoked salmon black olives and avocado she absolutely loves that little combo well, i think that's just a girl with taste i oh, know but he's there and she's only three and um rob's there from brown hills in mid in the middle he's like what the bloody hell is this <laughs> bloody a bloody black olive smoked salmon he's only three like he just he just thinks it's hilarious because he's like, there is no fucking way that I would be that her age. And he, he said that one of their dinners used to just be um a can of chopped tomatoes poured on spaghetti. What? Yeah, I know, like that's it. <laughs> was there any bread? <laughs> just that. That was dinner. Hang a on. A can of chopped tomatoes warmed <laughs> up and just stuck on some pasta. Right. That was the lead up to his uh, vegetarian life. Yeah, probably. It was, it was prepping him for, for the veggie life. A life of tomatoes, yeah. A life of tomatoes, yeah. Oh, dear. Very funny. Oh, my God. We don't even need to do a little how are you today, do we? Because we've got um, another special episode where we are talking to a dominatrix. Oh, wow. And um, she is also a sex worker yeah so we've we've had like a in-depth chat which can i say that laura's face throughout the whole record looked like a oh child in a sweet shop it was so hilarious yeah just like this wide-eyed it's so excited the more that we sort of step our toes or rub our minges into the alternative world of sex that we are thoroughly enjoying the uh mysteries being uncovered and the yes. stigmas kind of being uh debunked yeah. So yeah, I just thoroughly enjoyed the chat and like some of it I was like, what? I know. It was very eye-opening and bumhole opening. Bit, can we just say by the end of this episode, people are going to look at CBT in a very different oh, way. Yeah, correct. That is right. Get ready to have Get your ready. mind blown. But not in a um cognitive way. No, not in a sponsored by better help kind of way. <laughs> Don't know if I can leave that in. But let's see if we can get away with it. <laughs> All right, here it is. Enjoy. 
Hello, Betty. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We are, well, I mean, I am, I cannot express how exceptionally excited I am. I have just, I don't know that I'm going to even have enough time to use up all of the questions I have for you so I'm very excited you're here well we both are we both are and can we just um just point out we've already heard the term fisting about 10 times in the preamble to this record <laughs> so strap yourselves in everyone leave yourselves strap up, yourselves up. <laughs> um Betty what would you like to our audience how would you like to describe yourself like what you know what what is your area of expertise um, so I am a sex worker, that would be the big umbrella term, um, but I primarily specialise in like full service sex work, so like normal escort, dick in funny stuff, and um, dominatrix and like fetish BDSM sessions. First things first, before, I mean Vic, I hate to interrupt you love, because I know you went to say something, but what made you, what, what started this? Because this is not something you've always been into, is it? It's something that you've kind of gotten into as you've got older. Yeah, it was always kind of lurking underneath, but I never kind of um, explored it very much. So it started off completely unrelated, but kind of related. So I had, um, after I gave birth to my youngest, it was like a really primal, empowering experience. And from that, I kind of wanted to experience everything that my body, not everything. I don't want to run a marathon. I don't, I don't want to do the hard stuff. No, but fuck that. <laughs> the pleasurable stuff. Yeah. So my husband at the time, we kind of started opening up our relationship a bit. So we, we started having an open relationship and um, we went to a few like workshops on like rope stuff. And um, I went to a few parties with people and it kind of just went from there, really. Hang on. Workshop? Yeah. Are, you, are, we, are we talking a about how to workshop. whistle words like Ray Mears or what, what kind of workshop are we talking about? There's, there's pretty much a workshop for every kind of kink. Um, Really? The community is quite, there is a proper community in it and there's a lot of people that are happy to kind of share their knowledge and experiences and stuff because it can be quite dangerous at times and there's a lot of potentially risky practices and and it's nice to kind of have someone there to show you how to safely tie someone up and dangle them from the ceiling or... Shut the fuck up. I mean, that's, um, it's a, have you done that then? Is that what you, have you done that? No, I've not done that. No. no. That's too oh. much like actual difficult work for me. It sounds like a brownies badge though, doesn't it? (laughs) Have you managed to uh, work out how to do a slip knot (laughs) on a person's uh, wrist? But how the fuck do you hang them from the ceiling? Have you got like right? Yeah, so um, a lot of the places where I do my fetish sessions are catered for that kind of thing. So they'll have like suspension points um that are either like bolted into the ceiling that can take body weight or they'll have sort of nice scaffolding set up or or areas for that sort of thing um like hoists and winches and stuff so when you say you do a fetish session is that like down at the the local community center like where what where what where what are we i'm so excited by this i have i can't even get my fucking words out where where is it where do you go that i um i'm fortunate enough to live really close to like a huge BDSM uh, facility, I guess, that's got yeah. a lot of different rooms that you can kind of hire for photography or to play with oh. your partner or, or whatever you choose. So I kind of, I use their spaces. Uh, and is it like you literally hire the room, the space for a certain amount of time and then... Yeah, um, and they've got sort of furniture and equipment and that sort of thing to kind of set the scene because for a lot of people, they want to go to a traditional kind of dungeon and and have that experience so um is it all right if I want to come <laughs> yeah I mean parties. you're welcome to come to some of the parties <laughs> well you know what me and Nora are going to go to we're going to go to a swingers club yeah um in, have you ever been to a swingers club May? before yeah yeah I'm wondering if I've met the swingers that you spoke oh, to really Oh, that's amazing. So what's your, obviously you, you know their experience. What's your experience? Just, I know, just as like a little side note. Because you did say that you got into this via opening up your relationships. And when you did that, were you going to like swingers clubs essentially? Yeah. So like, what was your experience of going to places like that? Was it the same? Did you feel it was CD? Did you feel liberated? Like, what was it for you? Um, I never went with my 
husband and I've never been with a partner. I've only been as a single woman or I've been with sort of social friends who are also in the swinging scene. Um, it's it's not seedy like you imagine. It's not like right. walking, it's all like old men in overcoats, like wanking in the corner. Yeah. Um, they're like, they're really nice bars or clubs or places that you can go to, like like they've said, to socialise and enjoy yourself. And that's just like an added bonus. Um, and there was a lot of protection and and things around sort of single women and, and people don't get drunk and it's just really nice. It is you a know very- what? Isn't it a shame that that is not highlighted enough? Because we've now had two sets of people who have gone to swingers clubs and have said, you feel safe. You would be safer in a swingers club than you would be in a normal nightclub. And that, what, how and why the fuck is that not across the board that that's just any club, but how amazing. Like, that makes me go, I think I'd much rather go to a swingers club and get a glass of Coke and sit down with my mates than go to a normal fucking club. Yeah. Because yeah. if you go to a, a club, some guy's going to come and try and dance on you. Or, yeah. yeah, always, yeah. No one will touch you without your explicit permission. Because you're all on the same page as well, aren't you? Like, you know... Yeah. You're all there for the same reason. It's yeah. not like, you know, if you were to go to a normal club, you could be single, you could be married, you could be having an affair. Like, there's loads of different things. Whereas if you go to a swingers club, I guess it's like everyone's in there for the dick and fanny. Do you know what I mean? That's why we're going. Yeah, we're on a watch. Uh, so, like, how long have you been in the sex worker world, like all of the Don work? How long have you been doing that for? Uh, about two years now. Okay. And do you love it? Is it like really liberating? Like, are there things about it that's like changed your opinion on it? Yeah, some days are amazing. Um, and I feel really like I'll be driving to work and I feel really empowered. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm self-employed and I'm doing my thing and I'm like a sexually liberated woman. And then other days it's like, I fucking can't be asked to go to work. And it's just like any other job. It's just, I don't yeah. want to suck dick today. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I've got bills to pay and I can't really be bothered. And yeah, get up and get on my knees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have you ever done any like dom work at home or is it always in uh you know like a separate separate entity? I never have people at my place. Um right. sometimes I'll hire an apartment because some people prefer like a domestic setting rather than the dungeon wow. thing. Wow. Um but no, I keep it separate from like home and family stuff. And out in public, because I'm guessing you probably get some people, um are they all men that you have or there's some women as well? There's been a couple of couples, male, female couples. Um, oh, okay. But it is, it's mostly men. And so have you ever been out and about, like in Sainsbury's, picking up your cucumber, and it's like, oh, all right, I fisted you yesterday. Like, have you ever had a situation <laughs> like that? No, not yet. But I, it, it could definitely happen. Yeah. yeah. Are they all, like, people that live locally to you then? Um, I think some tend to travel, like, a yeah. little bit away from where they live they kind of want that distance yeah and with the men that come to see you uh what's their like situation in terms of relationship are they in monogamous relationships with the partner not knowing are they in an open relationship or is it just completely varied is there any sort of like pattern or stereotypical Um, kind of man that comes to see you the variety is huge most are most are monogamous or in monogamous relationship or married or I'm, I'm a secret, it's on the side kind of thing. Um, wow. I think there's been a couple that I know of that have kind of definitely discussed it with their partner before. Um, one who their partner likes to hear about it all afterwards, um, and that's part of their kink, which is cool. Um, and others who have just acknowledged that their fetish isn't for both of them, so they'll kind of get that seen to elsewhere. But yeah, I think for the most part, it's people who either are either single or are in relationships but kind of not fully fulfilled. That's incredible. You're you're like the the gatekeeper of secrets. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Do you feel like funny about that? You're like, nah, this is not my problem. No, I think um, I've got my thoughts about monogamy anyway. I don't I don't think it's natural. I think it's a, a a bit of a weird societal patriarchal thing. Hey, we're here for it, honey. We're here for yeah. it. We're here for yeah. it. <laughs> I'm not having an affair with them. They, yeah. They, yeah. They've decided they want to see someone for whatever service. They've gone onto a website. They've picked me from a list. I could be one of hundreds of women. It's not like an emotional thing, yeah. someone at work that you've kind of hooked up with or whatever. And do you have like really long-standing regular clients then that have just been, you've been seeing them for years? Uh, some, some that I've been seeing, yeah, probably a couple of years now from the beginning. Um, wow. Some that are regular but only every few months because they can only get away ever so often or like money or whatever um 
some that will just kind of have a list of doms that they want to visit over the year or whatever and they'll travel around and experience all different things because everyone kind of offers a different service and a different experience so right but yeah I get a lot of regulars have you ever had like a really awkward situation where it's just like like something has gone wrong or like it's just like you've got to try and keep a straight face but it's like you're struggling to keep like have you ever had situations like that before uh yeah I've had a few um there was one I was electrocuting in a safe way, electrocuting this guy in a in a managed manner. Um, and my phone was going through this playlist, and then a load of Pokemon songs kicked in because my kids had been using my Spotify, and that really killed the moment. Wait, where were you electrocuting him? He had some pads stuck to his balls. My God, this sounds great. Can I borrow those? <laughs> and then Pokemon came on. I'm trying to think of anything like there's been like disgusting things there's always poo there's always poo how do you feel about shit um I'm, i've got two kids and you're indifferent I, to it yeah i mean make an effort to clean but also if you're going to go that far in someone's ass it's going to be shit um <laughs> do you go bareback i.e you've got a bare fist or do you i don't know do you put like a everything gloved. everything i should better say you didn't want to go yeah. ungloved no 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 do you it's go gloved do you go gloved to the elbow or uh, I've never been elbow deep. Is that like, is that on your list of will fist, but not to the elbow, like only to <laughs> forearm, only to wrist? Uh, I will work to whatever their limits are. So if they want it elbow deep and we can safely manage that, then we'll do it. Is it possible? Is it possible to get in that far? Because it can't yeah. be. It is. It stretches. It goes, it goes in. Well, we thought a raccoon could get up there last week, Laura. So yeah. <laughs> All the way up to the elbow. So what have you got to do? Have you just got to slowly, like, tunnel your way through? Tunnel. What I'd say ease. This is a raccoon, like, burrowing Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like that. Um, there's a lot of lube, a lot of poppers. You kind of start off. Slowly. A lot of poppers, of course. Yeah. As in the poppers that I'm thinking of. That you sniff. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I in my youth, if only I'd known that that was... What was happening to your bum when you were sniffing Obviously, them. I've never used poppers before. Certainly <laughs> <laughs> haven't used it to be fisted, that's for sure. But do you do you put the poppers... Where do you put the poppers? Inhale the, like, vapours off the top and it relaxes your muscles. I mean, obviously, yeah. I just didn't know that it relaxed my bum hole. I guess I wasn't thinking about my bum hole at the time. I don't when think I saw you them noticed, really, before. unless someone was trying to gently ease a forearm. Yeah, no, no one was trying to ease a forearm in, so that's probably why I had no idea. Wow, so lots. So you're just—is it a little bit like gas and air, just constantly toking it back while you're like one inch further in? Uh, sometimes, though. So I'll generally let them administer it themselves because it's—you don't want to be forcing something like that in someone. Um, and yeah, you just—you start off fingers, maybe a few toys, work your way up. I was going to say, what's your favourite thing that you do, like across the board from sex work to dom work, you know, the fetish stuff? What is the thing that you go, yeah, really, that's the favourite bit about my job that I love? Is there a particular sex act that you look forward to? Or I like, so the fetish side of things, I love um, CBT, which is cock and ball torture. Um, and my personal favourite thing is called sounding, which is putting a, a stainless steel rod down into the down the, the pee hole. Yeah, down the urethra. Oh, sorry, I love how immature I am. The pee pee hole. Yep, the urethra. Yep, and it can kind of stimulate the prostate from inside. And apparently, it feels like having a wank from inside. Which I don't know. Really? Oh my god! It's called. A, is it called a sound bar? Uh, they're just called sounding rods. Oh, sounding um, rods. So what do you do? Yeah. Do you speak into it to make it vibrate or something? I don't know the cold sounds. I don't. So, I don't, so you I don't, don't do anything. Celine, a Celine yeah. Dion number yeah. down there. <laughs> My heart will go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Is this like, and that is specialist fetish equipment, right? Yeah. So you wouldn't want to go stick in like anything. Just a, no straw. So no. all, all these like bits of equipment and tools and things, so like the sounding rods and the um, electrocuting things, is that stuff that you have? Yes. Yeah. yeah. In and is like is um, okay. and this, in the most like um educated way I can possibly say this, do you have to get a qualification to be able to like do that, or is it just a case of knowing and, and learning on the job? Yeah, there's no I don't think there's any 
no, there's no recognized qualifications or anything. Yeah. Um, why the workshops are, are really good because you can learn from people who've been doing it for years. Yeah. Right. Um, so I went to a CBT workshop. Um, What's that called? Cock and, and ball torture? Yeah. Oh my God. Not cognitive behavior therapy. Not, co- yeah, not that CBT. I'm not provided on the NHS. <laughs> you get 10 sessions and that's your lot, but you got to wait two years for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can have it immediately, <laughs> and it it would involve your balls being electrocuted. Yeah. <sighs> um, but at the the workshop, it was someone who'd been doing it for she must have been doing it for thirty odd years. Wow. Um, with a guy who has had it done hundreds of times to him, and that particular time, something just slipped a little bit, and there was a lot of blood, and and it was really good to kind of see how to handle something like that because things do go wrong a little bit, like bodies are unpredictable, and what works one day might not work the next yeah so there's a lot more to it than just putting things in someone you need to kind of be calm and have the medical not necessarily medical training but know what to do if things go wrong yeah and then there's the emotional side of it as well like people aren't just coming to you for you to do xyz they want to feel something from it they either want to feel used by it or they might want to feel they might want the pain or they want to feel like like they're your favorite toy for an hour or whatever. So there's right. a lot more surrounding it than just like put that in there, pull that out of there, poop that. Out. And have you ever had anything go wrong where it's like shit? There's we've got a bleeder. Have like have you ever had that? No, nothing. Touch wood. Touch wood. No, yeah, no, it's all touch wood here, guys. Yeah. No bleeding. No, um, no bleeding. And have you ever like obviously you have your regulars have you ever like developed feelings for somebody or are you quite capable of being able to shut off from the emotional side of it like you know to see what I mean like that function to be like this is just a job I'm just doing my job I don't have any feelings there's been a couple of people that I've seen outside of work um one that was very early on and I kind of realized that actually I should have put better boundaries in place and right. it was like a poor business decision because then we just ended up doing what we were doing but I just wasn't getting paid right. um, and then uh there's been another guy who I see outside of work and we're, we're quite not I wouldn't say friends but we're friendly and are you in a relationship yeah, right now or are you single no I'm very single and you I'm like very, it that way yeah yeah and what about your own like sex life then? Do, yeah. do you feel like that's totally separate from your work and everything else? Like, how do you feel about sex outside of your business? Um, so straight like normal sex is very different because obviously at work it's it's performative and it's more about their pleasure and it's it doesn't really matter what positions I like or whatever. It's just kind of get the job done. Um, so then when I have sex with people that I actually like and. I'm attracted to and it's for my pleasure it's 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 very different um there's a bit of a blur with the fetish stuff sometimes there's things that I've done at work that I've then wanted to do more of outside of work like I've never done um certain types of CBT until I started doing this and I was like, actually I really like it I want to do this with friends and partners sexual partners and that sort of thing um and then it's different because I'm not, I'm not myself at work. So the, the emotional side of kink doesn't kind of get fulfilled when it's just a session. Um, yeah. So I've got partners that I do that with. Um, so so have, you, have you got like your, like your bucket list of dudes where you're like, um, I am absolutely gagging for it. Who's available. And then you're like, you're really good with this. You're really good with that. Like, have you got like that? Do you know what I mean? Like that array of people that can kind of, it must be really difficult when your job is about sex work. And like you said, you, it's not really about your pleasure. It's about getting the job done for them. So you're giving them everything that they need, but you're not getting it back. So it must be really difficult to come away from that and then be like, is there just one person that can fulfill that for you when you have such a diverse way in which you already provide pleasure? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I'm what would be classed as ethically non-monogamous. So I'm um, not looking to have a monogamous relationship. I've got quite a few like friends with benefits and yeah. kinky play partners and that sort of thing. So there's enough people in my life that I can be like, all right, if I 
kind of wanted a more sensual experience had someone that I'd trained for that and if I kind of wanted to explore a particular kink I might be like oh this person is quite that's into that amazing all that so there's a lot of a lot of options and would you say that your like friends have in the last couple of years since you've like really got into this would you say that your friendship circles have changed because you're uh like you're around different people and then that has made you want to be around people that kind of understand what you're doing more not really to be honest I find it quite isolating because you you're working on your own um so sex workers in the UK you're not allowed to work with other sex workers you can't Really? and have a, a roomies or anything though because then it's classed as a brothel and that's yeah. illegal and all wow so it, it can be quite isolating um there are there is the kink community and i've got friends within that but outside of that i've still got like my normal friends from, from before when yeah. i was kind of betty. before i was betty <laughs> Before, before, yeah, before Betty before, before was born. Betty. <laughs> before Betty, I love that. BB, that's what we we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> and how? And you're really open about what you do, aren't you? With like family and friends and everything. There's absolutely yeah. no secrets. You're just completely transparent. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather I tell them than worry that they're going to stumble across something on the internet or someone's going to tell them. Um, and everyone's pretty supportive. I mean, my grandparents don't know, but pretty much everyone else knows. I mean, yeah. fucking hell, there's definitely a list of people you don't tell your grandparents definitely ain't on there. Yeah, I don't I don't think Nana needs to know about that, does she? She doesn't need to know about the CBT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, like, obviously you said you were previously married. Um, Like, your relationship, like, how is that with your ex-husband? Do you do you still get on? Because obviously you opened your marriage up, so you were kind of on that journey together anyway. Yeah, we're... Um, I'm really lucky. We're still really good friends. That's and amazing. We co-parent really, really well. Um, and we still spend a lot of time together as a family and we do, like, Christmas together and that sort of thing. Um, but I think that's just the, the people that we are. We're both quite chilled and quite... It didn't end badly. It was just kind of like... We're better as friends. Let's separate before it gets kind of shitty, really. Yeah. <clears throat> How incredible, though, to be able to have kind of got to that point in your relationship. I think a lot of people would want that, wouldn't they? If they, if a marriage is ending, you want to be in a place where you can confidently say, you know what, this isn't right for us. We're just going to move on. And the fact that you've been yeah, able to do be horrible. that. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, or the man, because you know, they've got loads of single mom friends and the men are just so shit. Yeah. yeah. They're so fucking shit. Just basically think, that's it, my excuse now. Don't need to be responsible for these children anymore. Yeah, I think you don't stop being a family just because a marriage or a romantic or sexual relationship ends. So, And the fact yeah. that you were married for, you know, you were together for such a long time as well. And so, like, after your marriage, your relationship finished when did what's like that gap between that and you getting into the like the don side of things was it quite quick or no so covid happened um Uh, fucking covid ruined everything probably probably about two years after we split up i started kind of working um but i was socially like in the kink scene and stuff yeah from before we split up so what how did you your... get into that? I like, just, you know, like, just about to say, how do you, how go, do you get oh, into the kink scene? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. just going to get into it now. How does that work? There's a lot. Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, because two socially awkward people, no idea how you would cross that line. There's a website called Fet Life, which is basically Facebook, but kinky. And okay. Fet Life. Fet. Fet Life. Fet. Yeah. And on there, it'll tell you, like, parties that are around, workshops and... um general play parties and all that stuff and you kind of you can post pictures and you can have add your friends and meet other people and that for me was kind of like how I developed my sort of social circle in that scene yeah and did you ever show up to those things fucking terrified or just like so feeling so awkward like shit and was there ever a time when you felt like you know how there could be quite clicky parts of society did you feel that way or did you feel you were like quite yeah. widely accepted? Um, it's it's generally quite a welcoming scene, but it can feel a bit perhaps hierarchical. Hierarchical. There's levels. 
there might be someone who's like, I've been doing this for 50 years and my way is the only right way. Or there'll be someone who's like, I've got the fucking biggest cane in the world. So I'm this or whatever. And it, it can be a little bit showy offy, but you just, you find your people, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. like any form of social media, isn't it? It's essentially so about arrogant, social media, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's such an arrogant place to be. And I guess you find ego wankers wherever you go in life, even in the yeah. fetish world. Um, the flip side of that is that because the kink scene is a, it's a bit of an escape for most people, a lot of people will be quite vulnerable. They can be their authentic selves and they do tend to leave a lot of bullshit just out in the car park. So that's quite right. a nice side of it. Yeah, because I can't imagine showing up to somewhere like that, like just be like, fuck it, I'm going to dive into it. I think it's so brave, yeah. like seriously brave. And I do wonder how many women are going to listen, potentially men, but I think predominantly women are going to listen to this and be like, you're going to empower them to just kind give of it a go. To give it a go. Yeah, because I think that we are so rigidly glued to like the societal form of like how we're meant to live our lives. And I really think that as a as a generation we are on the cusp of that change of people making like you like making that transition over from being like the conventional what you would expect of society to then going no fuck this i'm turning it all on its head i can be a fucking amazing mum and still have a really great relationship with my ex-husband and in addition to that be an absolute fucking sex god something <laughs> <laughs> but i'll take the rest of it yeah <laughs> Some days I'll I will I'll drop the kids off at school and then I'll go and do a couple of like an ideal day, a perfect day. Drop yeah. the kids off at school, go and do a couple of sessions, meet my ex for lunch, pick the kids up from school, drop them with the dad, go and see a friend, go and see a fuck buddy, have a nice time there, and then go home. And it's it's all just a nice day. Um that sounds but, pretty amazing. <laughs> it do that. How, how many penis would you would you seen that day? How many penises? Yeah, yeah. give us an average off. of how much dick. How much dick do I see in a day? Um, a busy day, maximum like five dicks a day. Wow, that's a lot, that's a lot of cock. Like, that's more than I see in a year with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> She's not fucking lying. Though. I'm not lying. <laughs> I feel like such a virgin. It's unbelievable. One thing I will say is that. There's absolutely no kind of kinky sex is better or or shaming people for having vanilla sex. It's a hundred for me. I think the most important thing is to try things and find out what works for you. And if you go somewhere and you're like, absolutely not, I just want to have missionary in the dark with the same person forever. That's a hundred percent fine. No one's no saying boring or that's not okay or whatever. And if you want to go and get like shocked by a cattle prod while someone kicks you in the balls and have you, you ever done that before? <laughs> Not a cattle prod. There's a lot of there's a lot of ball kicking and ball busting. It's so funny, is it? Up. What are these? Do you know what these men are like in their sort of like you know? I bet they're high powered, aren't they? Forward facing lives. There's, there's all sorts. Is um, there? Yeah, there are some who you can tell like on the outside world they they think they're very like alpha male kind of like macho men and they come to you and then they're like i want you to piss on me or whatever um but then you piss on people i piss on a lot of people (laughs) oh my god that's incredible i did actually once piss on a guy yes he drove he drove an hour and a half at 11 o'clock at night and because it was like a last minute thing i wasn't very hydrated and i pissed on him and my piss was so strong that it like stung his eyes and (laughs) and then he drove home and that was it was, yeah. that ama- was that amazing for him though? He was like, oh my God, you stung my fucking eyes. Yeah. Like, he was like, uh, oh, it hurts, it burns. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, let's get to my wash. I'm a, I'm a bit dehydrated, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a busy day for me, love. So, I mean, that would, what, what area of like, what's it called? Like when you, is like poo and wee, is it water sports? What's it called? Water sports is wee and hard sports is poo. I don't do poo. You don't Hard do poo. So, no. like, it, what side of that is that fetish? It, like, what? Where does that fall into? Because that's obviously not dumb, is it? So it can. Piss, the act of pissing on someone is just a there kind of thing. But if it's whatever kind of scenario you build up around it, so someone might want to be 
humiliated and degraded right. and made to believe that they're only worthy of my piss and you're such a fucking dirty boy, drink my piss or whatever. Or there'll be others who will treat it like a, it'll be like, um, kind of like a reward for them and they'll, they'll earn it and then they'll be rewarded with like goddesses nectar or whatever shit they call it. Do they goddesses drink it? Champagne. Some people drink it, yeah. I mean, no, it's just, it's just, I got, I got quite fluid, a sense of gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, like with the, when they come and can you kind of talk us through a little bit how a session works? Like, is yeah. it, is it um, guided by them? And as in like this, do they explicitly tell you this is what I want beforehand? So they come into it and they can maintain that illusion maybe of it's, you know, like they are coming into the, the goddess or whatever without having to say, oh, so first of all, I want you to do a butter first. And then, do you know what I mean? How do you, how do you, how do you create the situation so it fulfills their fantasy? Because obviously it's a fantasy that they want fulfilling, isn't it? Yeah, so beforehand... Um via email or whatever, we'll discuss what their what acts they're looking for, how they're looking to be made to feel from it, um, a little bit about what their limits are, and then any like health things that I need to know about. And then so when they arrive, if I'm at the dungeon, I can let them in. We have a bit of small talk. They use the bathroom, get them a drink or whatever. Um, we'll have a chat. I'm I'm sort of in character, but not, but they, but not overwhelmingly so. If that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And that's when we'll have like a more in-depth chat about what their limits are, um, what they want to get out of it. Any medic again, medical things. We'll go over like safe words, um, and just just like housekeeping type stuff. And then it'll kind of switch into like, okay, now the session starts, and generally. It, I mean, it, it varies depending on what people want, but um, I'll tend to like tell them to get undressed and then I'll kind of circle them, make them kneel down, circle them, and again, go over like safe words and it'll be, but I'll have like a different tone of voice and it'll be like, right, so from now you're my property, these are your safe words and you'll behave like this and you'll, and I'll tell them what to do and then it kind of goes from there, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, that does. And who are you like who you who's your character? Is it based on someone or something that you've seen or is it just something that just comes really naturally to you to be a massive bitch to men? <laughs> well I'm I'm actually <laughs> I think it comes really naturally to me actually. <laughs> I'm what is generally classed as a gentle femdom. So I'm not like the cruel hard mistress. I'm quite um nurturing with it and will kind of like guide them through the pain or discomfort or whatever. Um, so I think it's just a, an exaggerated side of me. Yeah. Um, I've had people that want like the really strict hardcore thing and that's just not me and it feels really authentic and and I, I, they can tell. So I just don't do those sort of things anymore because there's so many sex workers out there that can cater to whatever. Yeah, you don't need to. Waste time and money on someone who's not really going to tick your boxes. Yeah. And averagely, you know, how long would a session last? Are you like, are you clock watching or is it a case of when we're done, we're done? Like, what does that look like? It's usually one or two hours. Um, If I'm at the studio where I hire it by the hour, I tend to clock watch a little bit more just because I I can't remove but sometimes if something's going really well, like sometimes I do really get into it and I don't want it to stop. And if they're happy for things to keep going, we'll just keep going. Wow. Um, okay. That's amazing. But then there's some people that are fucking awful and I, I'm like, like any, like counting down till the end of your shift. And I'm like looking at my watch and thinking like, how can I make this go quicker? So it, yeah. it really just depends on the, like the day and. Sometimes that's probably like, the worst thing about it, isn't it? Like you're, you're effectively walking into a room with someone that you don't, you know, you might talk via email, but there's no guarantee of what you're going to get on the day and how that's going to then like play out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's like, I need them to hurry up and come because I need to go and pick the kids up or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, up and come. Right. How am I going to make this happen? The old days I need to wash after this and I need yeah. to get. <laughs> is there, is there anyone that comes to you or that has come to you that it's, there's not really much sex involved. It's more just the sort of humiliation bit or just you dominant up and that's all they need. And they yeah, don't, they um, don't orgasm or anything. Yeah. Uh, I'd say probably about half don't orgasm. Wow, really? that's really high. But sometimes they don't, it's not always a, 
yeah a penis related sex thing if that makes sense so yeah um impact play so like spanking and floggers and that sort of thing is really popular and that can be quite a cathartic journey for someone without having to stimulate the cock and balls yeah um, so there'll be people that will come for that and you can start, you can see the release in them as like the endorphins are kicking in and that sort of thing and it, so it's very separate from sexy sex if they yeah yeah but it's still giving them that release and the pleasure that they're kind of craving or whatever um sissification is quite a big thing so Who? sorry sissification so force force forcing inverted commas someone to um be feminized and put them in makeup and wigs and dresses and stuff and, wow. and really? like a like a bimbo type thing um again that's not always sexual some people will come and be locked in chastity as soon as they arrive. Some people come and they're already locked and won't be unlocked. Are there ever times where you're effectively sat there, like scratching your ass and smoking a fag, waiting for it, waiting for them to just, you know, like because they're locked up, they don't because they're anything. locked up, yeah, and you're just like, yeah, when you're done, mate, I'll. Uh, we've got about I'll 15 let you minutes out. left. Yeah, yeah. There's some people that just want to be furniture. They want to like kneel on the floor while you rest your feet on them and they while you browse your phone or whatever. Um, oh, I could, I'd be great at that. <laughs> that would be fucking great. And, and like your the more sex work side of things, is that more like what you would call a vanilla style of like relationship that you you kind of create for your clients? When people look at my profile, they'll see that I offer the BDSM stuff as well as the normal what we call girlfriend experience. Right. Um, quite often, people will come and they'll say, "I'd like." like slightly kinky sex, but that will be standard sex with like a little bit of light spanking or something rather than full on. And like with that, I know this stupid question. You can tell that I've never obviously asked this before, but in my mind, I'm thinking, is that an evening thing? Like, or is it a day? (laughs) Anytime people want to pay to have sex all times of the day. And sometimes people are like, "Are you working at six am?" Like, no, I'm fucking not. No, six am. Oh my god! people who are, in my experience, people who are hiding it from their partners and they want to like yeah. nip in on the way to work or something. Yeah. I just think, who's even like horny at that time? Oh, Stop exactly. Mate, yeah, morning breath, you're out. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what you know? What is the standard start like? working day for you so when does it start and when does it end you know it starts after the school run but then when do you clock off like what's your I'm not meeting anybody I'm not organizing anything beyond this time again it really varies because it's not a 40 hour week type thing yeah it goes on what's requested so if someone is wants to book a a two-hour session and they're only available on or like this particular day and time is convenient. If it works for me, I'll, I'll take the session. I've got some, some of the more escort type things are like you'd imagine, like evening things, and they'll be quite late nights. Yeah. Um, and what do you do on those? Do they take you out for dinner or are you going to mm-hmm. hotel rooms or is it a mixture of everything? So sometimes it'll be at their house. Sometimes it'll be a hotel that I have um, and I'll perhaps see a couple of people in that hotel through the night. Sometimes they'll have a hotel and we'll choose it for the hour. Have you ever been paid for like the whole night? No, unfortunately not. From talking to other escorts and and kind of seeing their experiences, to do a full overnighter, to kind of be in that zone the entire time and also to have someone fall asleep next to you, you, it's a very vulnerable thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd be lying awake all night wondering if he's going to try and steal his money back or something. Yeah, exactly. I think for an overnighter, that'd have to be someone that I'd seen quite a lot of times and kind of have like a lot of trust. Yeah. I think one that, um, yeah, so there's, you know, me and Laura, what we do online, I mean, obviously it's it's not sex work, but what I feel like I worry about the future of the kids, right? Um, As in when they find out about what we do and, Laura's kids are a bit older, but a lot of my stuff is basically slagging them off. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And saying how shit it is. And I do really worry about when they find out about all that stuff and the impact it will have on them. And it's obviously a completely different context, but um, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I don't think we should because actually we're just doing something that's just normalising the way that a lot of people feel and actually being so honest and open and whatever is helping Mm -hmm. other women, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like empowering other women. 
is do you feel like that about what you do with your kids is it something that you'd want them to just never know about or how will you approach that I mean obviously you don't have to answer that because it's a very like personal question I think really but just interesting knowing that you're a mum because most yeah. of our listeners are mums as well aren't they yeah so that would also potentially be helpful for those women who are scared about making that leap I guess yeah my kids know that my job so the way I've described it is that in the same way they have some friends who don't like to play Pokemon with them and some that like to play Minecraft there'll be people out there who want to do something and they've not got anyone to do it with. So I might go and do it with them. That's so that's good. Such a good explanation. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty open with them about most stuff. And like my mum was really open with me about sex growing up. And that's obviously kind of given me a bit of confidence. How amazing is that though? Because that only goes to show that like all power to your mum for what she did, because it's given you that sexual liberation that many, 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 not just women, but men as well kind of, are are shackled by because they think they can't take sort of that step beyond it so that's incredible yeah she's she's a good egg (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think there's a worry that at some point like there are there are videos and things that I've done online um and like online content in is is a massive thing in in sex work and in all kind of areas isn't it um yeah, there's the possibility that, like, that stuff might be found, but it would be talked about and it would be explained and it. I don't want it to be this... Shameful thing, basically. Yeah. yeah. I also think it's a very sort of um, uh, archaic way in which we expect women to live as well, because, you know, as Vic said, obviously our jobs, you know, we're both sort of comedians and we both take the piss out of life. And I think my hope for my kids my kids are older my older son he knows what I do and he understands what I do um and I've had to sit down and have kind of long conversations with him about that and about like how that could potentially impact him and just getting them to understand that it's like as much as I am a mum and being their mum is my fucking is my life like I dedicate everything of myself to them and everything that they need but also that I am a person in my own right and I deserve to have the level of happiness that I search for in the hope that that then gives them that. Well, mum did it. She went and found her fucking happiness. So I'm going to do it too. And then there must be that part of it for you where you're thinking, okay, but I'm doing this for me. And hopefully that kind of liberates my children to know they can do that too. Yeah. I think it's, um, we're not like, I'm not a conventional, we've not got a conventional like family set up and, and we do do things a bit abnormal, not abnormally, but like doing so much with and that sort of thing is not what most people would do. And sex work's not the most conventional thing. But at the end of the day, like everyone's fed and happy and clothed and, and exactly. hopefully they grow up and kind of appreciate all of that. But I yeah. think that's actually what should be focused on in society. I think that there's... It, we're changing, but we're not changing fast enough with the times of, you know, Vic and I are constantly, because obviously we do have such a online public profile, there is a continual question about who we are as mums, whether we're good enough as mums. And it's like, just just purely because we, we kind of trump the uh, societal expectation of what a woman should be like online or how she should be in society, there's this question of, should our children be in our care? And that like blows my mind because it's like 2023 and we're still we're still questioning women like and their ability because they choose not to do what society expects them to which is basically sacrifice every single ounce of you yeah for your children and never do anything never do anything and just your own satisfaction or whatever effectively a fucking slave to the life that you know you're your family expects you to be and the only thing that it makes Vic and I do is and probably you too because it sounds like we're all quite on the same page is it pushes us further to do it more (laughs) 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 if you tell me not to do it I'll do it again um and it's really refreshing to just have that conversation with you know someone like yourself where you can be like yeah my kids will one day know what I do, but in actual fact, why is that a bad thing? Um, I was going to say one one big thing that I definitely plan to like instill in them is that there are so many reasons for having sex, and and it's not just when two people love each other and want to make a baby. No, fuck that. Like yeah. people have sex 
a pleasure. People have sex for money. There's just so many reasons you have sex for intimacy. You have sex for orgasms. You have sex because you fucking can't get to sleep and actually you just want to rub one out and and have a nice nap. So true. (laughs) Always works that. That's fixed life, basically. (laughs) I've got really bad insomnia, so I'm just constantly wanking. Wanking a nap. A wanking a nap and a biscuit solves everything. Yes, um, really does. A biscuit. That needs to go on a t-shirt. They're gonna kind of hopefully grow up knowing that sex is a pleasurable thing. It should be pleasurable for everyone involved, but that it doesn't have to be this man and woman do this. It's, no, and they can you only do it in a, a committed marriage or whatever. It's just not. It doesn't need to be like that. There's so many other ways, and I hope that they can kind of grow up with that. Oh, I mean, hands yeah, down, your kids message. are definitely going to grow up with yeah. that. Mm. And if I could just like, oh, I could oh, I could ask you a million fucking things, but what would you say is the pros of your job and what are the cons? The pros are the time flexibility in that I can, it, it's not a 40-hour week and I can make it work around school runs or or whatever, the uniform, the stuff that I get to wear, like some of the stuff that I dress up is incredible. Um, It's a huge confidence boost to basically to know that someone is paying to have sex with you or paying to to be in your presence or have time with you or whatever. Um, That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cons are like the the normal self-employed cons of like, what if things get slow, like Mm -hmm. everyone's kind of watching the money a bit more and paying a dominatrix is generally it's a luxury isn't it so yeah a definite con to be honest I've not really had any like negative reactions that I would say have been kind of like um I'm on a lot of dating apps for like casual things and I'm always really upfront about what I do and no one's reacted badly the other cons are the the kind of legal gray areas and stuff like it would be incredible to be able to work with another girl and hire and have that support and and also for like oh, well, it'd be nice to have someone else there. um that's a fucking ball ache um do you know what though that that's just another fucking thing that is in society that's the patriarchy yeah, it's it like it, you're disempowering women by doing that and actually you're making it really unsafe not really unsafe, but you're making it, you know, it could be no, a lot no, safer. I know, and that's the thing. There's no, you know, it, we all know it's it's been happening since forever. Yeah. It's not, it's going, not going, away going away anywhere. And why should it? Why should it go away when it is a, when it is a, uh, a safe practice among people who are providing a service that is sexually liberating but also you know I, it just it really fucks me off it is it's not the progression that we want and i think yeah, but that, we've got a tory government babe so it's never gonna happen, oh no, we it? haven't got a fucking hope <laughs> and yeah the, the the but the irony is is it's those fucking white men that will access it quite happily and yeah. yet not not wish to uh, make it a safe place for everybody decriminalization is absolutely the way forward i agree completely yeah, yeah. Um, there are groups who don't support that and that that's quite hard because actually this is this is my lived experience and if I and other sex workers are like this is what we feel would make us safer this is what makes us more supported or protected or whatever um that would be nice but yeah that's a different different yeah it's like also um here's an idea why don't you actually consult the people that fucking doing it yeah morons there are two sides to it there's um what they call sort of survival sex workers who are people who are forced into it or yeah. genuinely don't have any other options and it's 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 that or starve basically and yeah. then people who people like me who I could go and get a, a normal job but I mean I don't want to I don't want to work 40 hours with someone else and can get dressed up in latex kick some guy in the balls and have a, a laugh oh, this is fucking amazing why wouldn't you well we don't wish to go into the financial side of it would you say that because I know that there will, I, Vic and I know that there are going to be so many women that are going to listen to this and are going to be like, oh, maybe I could do that. Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, have been tempted to and they've been too scared or like whatever. So, would you say from a financial point of view, it has been what you expected or has it not been what you expected without obviously demanding any personal details from you? I think it's pretty much what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I could put a lot more hours in and, and make a lot more money. But for me, it this like work life balance is, is good. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Five dicks in a day is enough. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you were to have a a vanilla day where you were to hire a room and have like not do like the kink stuff in the the most blunt way I can say this, how many cock and hole situations are we talking about? Because I'd be I'd be like, um, I'm out. <laughs> um, I, mean? I think the, the most in a in a sort of twenty there was like a twenty four hour that was quite busy. Seven, I think. Wow. But then you're not having sex with people for that long. No, I mean, no. I would give really good blowjobs, so you know, I forget. <laughs> you just, <laughs> your mouth got an absolute fucking work in that day. <laughs> um, yeah, I think by by number seven, I was like, fucking, I was just just thinking of the money. Yeah, yeah. But I love how you did the motion with that as well. Does does kink work pay the same as the vanilla? Oh, yeah, stuff? that's a good question. I charge for my time because you're not allowed to sell sex in the UK. You're allowed to sell your time, and then what you do as consenting adults in that time is no one's business. Um, oh, so right. my rate is the same, give or take like twenty quid. So, um, so you it's, it's so you can't like you wouldn't be able to play it up of like paying for my time with the added extra of you know a fucking chew suite or something like that. You wouldn't be able to like you know, the bonus hour or like add on extras. So like, let's say for instance, you were to like, let's say they hired you for an hour and then they were like, fuck, I want you for longer. Has that ever happened where they're like, actually, I I want, I don't want this to end yet. Yeah. There's been some that have um, extended the booking. Some that are kind of like, just hoping you won't notice the time and they can kind of get more out of you. Um, Some people that I like, I've genuinely like been booked for an hour and I've stayed there for two hours because we've been chatting and actually it's quite nice and the sex has been good. Um, yeah. So it, it like, it really does depend on the person. Um, I find it a massive turn on that. Like I said, like the body confidence and that someone is paying to have sex with me. So quite yeah. often, not quite often, but a lot of the time I will come at least once with someone. Yeah. But I was going to ask that. Yeah. Is, is the pleasure, do you get pleasure out of it sexually? Yeah, sometimes. Um, I mean, a lot of it, some some blokes aren't guys that I would sleep with yeah. ordinarily. Um, sometimes it is, you just, you really are going through the motions. Um, but yeah, do they not- care? Like, do they pick up on the fact you've not come or do they not care? Um, it depends. Sometimes if they're there because some guys are very much like, I want to come, I want to fuck you, and then they're done and they don't really care. Others are like, oh, I really like to see you get off. And, and if it's not happening, I'll just fake it because... You will fake it. You'll just give them. I mean, look, the... that's what all women do all the time, anyway. Like you know, sometimes we're really into it and it's great, and then other yeah. times you're like, ah, just go through the motions. Do you know what I mean? And if I'm not in a relationship with them, it's not worth me saying like, oh, actually, I like it like this. Yeah. Or yeah. They want to see me come. That's what they're going to get. Do the come face. Do the come noise. Yeah. And yeah. they figure the and then they go home. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, the way brilliant. in which we massage a man's ego. I oh, know. I oh, know. But she's getting paid for it, so it's fine. Yeah, mate. Uh, fucking <laughs> out. Who gives a shit? If you're getting paid, it doesn't fucking matter, does it? This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for like agreeing to chat to us. All right. I'm sorry. I feel like I might have been a bit all over the place. I'm not very coherent. No, no, oh, no, no. You haven't been. You've been absolutely amazing. And like, I cannot stress enough. This is going to empower so many of our listeners. And I think that a lot of the women that listen to our podcast, like they 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 feel the shame around female sort of sexual experience and everything. And I think that this is a really important conversation and it doesn't happen among women. I think that it's it's still considered really shameful. And uh, there's one thing that Vic and I are like desperate to do and that's break down a lot of those barriers and, and open up that conversation and also make it a safe conversation where women predominantly will be able to walk into a situation, whether it be a swingers club, whether it be Dom, whether it be fetish, whether it be sex work and feel more empowered with the knowledge they have because they've not had to like it's been it's been brought to them via this podcast basically it's it's just about helping that conversation I think yeah and it's like it's like a you know you're a real person you know yeah. and I think people with a normal a real life stereotype you know I mean? yeah they've got an idea of what a sex worker is much like the swingers they have this very set rigid idea about yeah. you know what this whole alternative world is and mm. talking to someone like you 
just you know you're normal yeah, yeah. you're Outside just really like... good at torturing men's balls yeah. <laughs> you're a fucking pro at it <laughs> oh dear you could put a sound stick down a willy like an absolute fucking pro yeah oh my god <laughs> i need to see these sound sticks i'm gonna, I'm gonna go google, google it that. i'm googling it i'm googling it i'm gonna say to steve you ever heard of a sound stick and he'll be like is that something for the tv yeah i know <laughs> no mate it's for your penis uh, <laughs> right let's do this uh, Betty thank you so much for coming on for chatting with us honest to god I, I don't I just I don't even want to say goodbye to you <laughs> <laughs> it has been really really interesting and like you've opened my eyes to it and also just like you you know the fact that you got to piss on someone and you burnt their eyes. And it's just that in itself is just a... That's a story that, highlight. That is a story. That is something to tell the grandkids, mate. I don't think either of us can say thank you enough for giving us your time and also your expertise and knowledge and knowing that that's going to empower a fuckload of other people. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's um, I fucking love talking about it. It's always fun. And it's nice to give a, a human kind of side to, to it. You fucking rock. You rock. You, you rock the cock. Wow. 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 Who's been Googling testicle electro pads and <laughs> sounding rods? Hands up. No, the sounding rods. Uh, that Oh, terrifying. No. And the bleeding bit. Fuck I my know. life. Can you imagine? Yeah. Me and you, we're so flighty. We'd shit ourselves in that moment. I know. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know what to do. I think I'd just run away and just leave them to bleed out. But you're really good in a crisis. You'd be great. You'd make them a little hot cup of tea with loads of sugar in it. You put a little I know. one of those weird silver blankets around them. Got some cotton wool. Talk to them like they're a child. It's okay, darling. It's okay, darling. The yeah. ambulance is coming now, darling. Mummy's here. Yeah. <laughs> but that's probably what they want, actually. The, the, uh, that bit I'd be great at. So I could be the wingman. I could be the person on the other side of the door when everything goes to shit. Just waiting. And I come in. But the, all the other bit, I would be pretty exceptionally bad at. Do you think that you would be good at it? If there was one part of it, what do you think you'd be like, yeah, I'd be fucking amazing at that? None of it. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> you know what I'd be terrible at? What? Having sex with men and pretending like I'm having a good time. I know, I know. But you know what? It's like it's like working in any customer service customer facing job is that we've all just got to take it from time to time sometimes you've got to take it on the chin literally. yeah because you're like and she's taking it on the minch but it's like you know <laughs> you're getting paid for it you're there I can remember yeah. working in a shoe shop and literally oh, mate, testing the comparison, people the comparison is exactly the same working <laughs> at a fucking shoe shop fundamentally it is the same I used to fucking hate customers that came in there but I'd still have to get their cheesy feet out and put a shoe on them wouldn't I yeah and with a smile don't worry, no. I don't mind. This is I lovely. Don't mind. This is the best day of my like life. Gorgonzola and your <laughs> cheese crust is just flicked on my face, but it's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> we are still talking about the shoe shop, by the way. Um, yeah, it was a fascinating episode and just what a great, what little great series this has been so far with the it old has. swingers and now the dominatrix. We're learning so much. Yeah, and I think on that note as well, and I've put it out on our socials already, but... If you are listening to this and you have what would be considered a alternative sex life to what would be considered the norm, obviously that is no judgment on our part. We really don't give a fuck what you do. Um, and you'd like to kind of chat to us, like maybe debunk some of the the myths that piss you off about what it is that you do and how you practice it. If there's anything that you think would be fascinating for this show, we would fucking love to interview you. Yeah. And um, well, just dive in deep to your piss hole. Yeah. Big time. Open many minds and many holes. Many minds That's and many holes. That's yeah. what we're doing. That's what we're doing. So don't forget as well that if you want to send us any stories, anything that's not related to being a dominatrix swinger or no a sex fisting. worker. I mean, if you want to fist, fist, fist away. Fisting stories, we can have fisting stories. But if you want to send us a story, um, then please do email us at noholesbarbodcast at gmail.com. What else can they do, Laura? And if you've ever managed to get it all the way up to the elbow, we'd be really interested. I know, because we, obviously, we'll do a poll. <laughs> Have you ever managed to be elbow deep in someone's arsehole? Fucking hell. I'd love to know the percentage. I th- I'm going to say that I might be 1%. 1%. That's it. I wonder, it, it's a slow burner, isn't it? Yeah, I think you have to build up to that over yeah. a series of weeks of stretching. But that's, that's what you can do, though, because you can get the butt plugs that, that are like, you yeah, know, you go one, up in what, sizes. What one is, is elbow, de- what elbow deep? 
a, a small side plate. Yeah, but then it's got to have the length on it as well. I mean, that would have to that'd be like a fucking foot long arriving at your door. What an incredibly fascinating world it is. Uh, but you can head on over to our Instagram page at No Holes Barred Podcast and you can slide on into our DMs and give us any bit of information you so wish. And as always, it's all kept anonymous. All right then, Slags, we will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.